0: Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab Podcast. We're going to the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specialized in scaling SaaS companies. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Sammy. He is the founder and CEO over at Speak2Leads. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking this call. I know, you know, people are busy. There's a lot of things going on every single day for entrepreneurs like yourself. So um, I appreciate your time to, 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 to take out of your day and do this with me. So uh, first of all, why don't you just, you know, Tell us a bit more about your background, what it is that you've done in the past, and what kind of led you to actually building and creating the the product Speak to Leads? Okay. Well, we
1: don't have time to get into all of it because I'm very old, unlike most of your probably uh, your typical SaaS CEOs these days are in their 30s or 40s, and I'm... Um, Twice that old. So uh, I've been around for a long time. So I started out, I mean, back literally when I was selling computers, they didn't know what they were, okay? Mm -hmm. People were like, what is that? That's how old I am. So um, I've always been in media and in and somehow, media, marketing, uh, and technology. Of those three pillars are are, are Mm -hmm. the the three common threads that run through my entire career. Right. You know, I started out as a DJ, right? But you know, eventually, you know, evolved. (laughs) So um I guess you know that what my part of my background that had an influence to to the, on where I am today is that back in the day there was this thing called database it was a new thing called database marketing and there was a book called The Great Marketing Turnaround I think it was in the 80s and um that was huge when you could actually use databases to do marketing okay. so we did that in a mashed up um uh databases with media. In fact, in Los Angeles, a a station was the number one talk station at the time, you know, KABC, and um, they were were the number one building station in America. And so what we did is we we figured out that in order to influence the ratings, we could identify who the heavy users were. Because back at, you know, how you're, you want to segment who your heavy, medium, and light users. And then, you know, um, if you can retain your heavy users and then convert your medium users to a little bit more usage, you win. I mean, it was so simple as opposed to trying to go out and get more QM or, or new new customers. It's the same thing today as retention versus
0: acquisition. You're multiplying business essentially, right? Like getting, I mean, you're going to get more faster if you start increasing prices instead of going on and finding new customers.
1: We're getting to use the product more. Okay? Exactly. Like if I if I don't drink, let's uh, you know, say soft drinks like Coke or Pepsi, they I'm not they can spend all the money they want on marketing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start drinking it because of their cute commercials or whatever, but the people who do drink it may drink more, right. Mm-hmm. And made more loyal to the product. So we used a telephony. We use a telephone to actually tell people to call into a number and tell us who they are and tell, you know, that loyal listeners join our club, you know, it was like basically the, the American airlines started this whole thing with a frequent flyer program. They were the first, and then they eventually made more money, on the frequent flyer program, on on marketing and sales and 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 sponsorships of that program, and they did, you know, you know, with their airplane rides from point A to point B, which is amazing. Right? And so we basically modeled after the Amer- frequent flyer program for, and we did it for radio. And then, you know, long story short, um, as my career evolved, then I ended up. I, I, I'm I spent most of my life in San Francisco. So back in the late 90s, you know, things started to really percolate in terms of the internet and then, you know, venture capital and all that. And so I found myself, you know, getting involved in various startups um, and as like the first hire, because I happen to have just by virtue of, I guess, necessity, I developed a certain muscle, which is the ability to take things that are unproven with no historical data and figure out a way to monetize them Uh okay and um so i was always the guy they hired to do that and they you know the title back then was uh you know vp of business development so it's always been a i've I've always found myself in these backward situations where you know people say hey you've got to figure out how to make make money with this you know and um and i've always somehow been able to figure out how to do it and i think it's just because i'm i'm scrappy i guess as well and and pretty i I have the ability to think of abstract things that don't exist physically in the physical world and put them together in my head Mm -hmm. and then um i have enough uh practicality or concreteness in 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 my mind to be able to test them against the reality so um Abstract and concrete, you know, is a good combination and and I guess I have enough of that to to be able to to be successful enough at it So one of the hires uh, one of the companies that was a VC back company back in the late 90s was a company called buzz hits and Essentially buzz hits would be what Shazam is today. Okay, so this is pre smartphones Okay, Mm -hmm. this is just You know, all you could do is dial a number. That was it on that phone right on the brick (laughs) <laughs> and uh and so what we did was you know given i have a radio background i arranged for licensing to be able to monitor all of the music played in the top 16 markets or you know in america i guess to start or 20 markets and top 10 stations in each market and then essentially we were uh, able people could call in uh to you know uh one eight hundred seven 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 777 buzz and it's like hey buzz hits you know. Uh, uh, please enter the the number of the station you're listening to now, you know, mm-hmm. so 1045, okay, 104.5 oh, one, oh, KFAR, you know, in San Francisco, because we knew based on where geographically they were calling from, we knew which station, right. um, you know, to serve up because it's, stations all have, you know, the share the same frequency in different locations. Anyway, a long story short is that um, we were too early. I mean, we... <laughs> <laughs> because shazam is awesome and we were doing shazam so you could you could hear what song was playing on the radio instantly we would we, you know we would do a snippet and say is that the song you're looking for yeah and then we did all kinds of stuff with it and so from there that evolved into to doing music research we did music research for the labels to find out what music was getting buzz ironically and then and then we also i took it into an advertising so that you could ex- basically extend the message you could take a 10 second radio billboard or traffic sponsorship or even a even a physical billboard, you know, on the street, and by having a one eight hundred number and a and, and a keyword, you could call in and then get more information and be connected to you know follow through on the sale. So it's, I love that stuff. I, I I'm I'm always kind of bored with today, always looking at what's next. Yeah. And um, and so it was fun and because I like things that work. I mean, I I'm a big believer. My philosophy is the truth equals what works. And so I, I love to, uh, when something works, I, I get really excited. You know? uh-huh. So it, it, that led to, you know, um, I ended up in, moving to San Diego because I sold, um, the loyalty program. Um, I got back into that after, you know, the VCs pulled out at the wrong time too bad. Cause we had a lot of traction we were doing really well, but you know, I was, I was super nervous. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I ended up, um, going back into you know the loyalty uh, program for television this time. And then I sold it to a, a guy who moved to San Diego and run a station down there. So
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: how I ended up in San Diego and San Diego's super nice. It's not San Francisco by any stretch of the imagination in terms of its look and feel, but <laughs> Hey man, who can argue with the beach and all that nice yeah, weather. Totally. Um, so it's a different vibe, but it, once you, once you surf a little bit, you get it. You're good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so then I was, um, uh, after that, I just I had I had been in the advertising business, um, and I had my own agency, you know, at, at different points in my life, and and so I I just decided to start another agency, and that's because that's what I knew how to do. It was traditional and digital, because back then that was uh, fifteen years ago, you know, at least, and um, that was still kind of the cusp, you know, between traditional and digital. Um, digital was still coming on. And just shortly after Google, you know, start, you know, came on and um, people started using Google to search, and and then, you know, forms became a thing um, to for people to use to inquire. I had clients that were in the a lot of my clients were in the private post-secondary um, education marketplace, which is uh, to say trade schools or career schools, okay, for-profit schools, and um, they, you know, they're spending about. Forty dollars a lead probably cost them around fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars per student to get a, a student enrolled, um, and um, they, you know, it, you know, it's a pretty big budget and pretty big investment um, for them to 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 have a viable you know business. And what they were finding was is that all of a sudden their leads instead of coming from direct response TV, which is where most of them were coming from, started coming more from aggregators and, you know, people that were, you know, doing a better job than they were at SCM and, you know, that kind of thing. And just internet marketing and, um, and then their, their own website. And so so the balance shifted away from people f- calling in from direct response, TV and radio and, and print into these forms. And and the sales team, they call them admissions, and t- you know, it's a euphemism for sales, but the, the sales team they didn't like this because, you know, picking up the phone and calling somebody was a weird thing for them to do. You know? Yeah. And, um, and so frankly, some of my clients were literally telling me they would find the leads in the trash. And the way they were distributing those leads is they would come into the, um, director of admissions, they would print them out and they would hand them to the person on the desk. And they okay, you call this one, you call this one. You know? right. So I'm like, this is crazy. You know, you, you know, I said, people that are online, man, they, And they're inquiring, you got to be super fast. You got to get back to them immediately because, you know, they're searching three or four different schools. You know that, you know, they're anyway, before any of the research was available. And this is about the time that MIT, you know, study with, you know, uh, Sloan Business School and all that came out. Right. It was the first study done on lead response. Mm -hmm. And they only took it down to five minutes, which is like five minutes is too late. Yeah, okay <laughs> but I mean because they, they thought five minutes was fast and it, it's not but anyway so I said well wait a minute let me think here. Um, why don't we just turn the form into a phone call you know and then who cares I mean the sales reps don't care about you know if they just get a call and it says hey you got a lead uh, press you know one or two or whatever to call them here's their name and here's the program of interest why wouldn't that work you know so I developed that as to my knowledge, I'm the first person in the world to do that. Not a big deal. I mean, you know, to do something like that at the time, I mean, it's just putting, you know, a little bit of code together and, you know, right. on top of voice API, things have gotten easier now with, with things like Twilio and all that. But back then, you know, I, I did, like I said, I'm scrappy, so I, I got it done and, um, and it worked, man. Wow. All yeah. of a sudden, I mean, it was like a 300% increase. It just blew their minds. And I'm like, man, this is incredible. What should I charge for this? You know, because there was nobody else was doing this. Yeah. And so I just made up a price based on value. And and um, and then I was running my agency. So I had a lot of different services I was providing and and di- digital and traditional, this and that. And then I saw this get more and more traction and, and have more and more of an impact. So eventually I just said, you know, this deserves focus. This deserve, This should be its own business. Yeah. Because nobody, everybody was complaining back then about better quality leads, more leads, better quality, more leads, more qualified leads, more leads. That's, that was all everyone was talking about. And um, no one was talking about, well, what are the sales teams or the admissions teams actually doing with the leads that they get? Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's happening? And you know, it's amazing. Even today, it hasn't changed much, really. You know, there's a lot of faith, blind faith in what salespeople do with the leads they get, you know, mm-hmm. by their, you know, I don't know, by the business, by the company. And, um, and so, and salespeople have always been clever and, and, at, at gaming the system. CRMs, for example, I mean, you could probably take any random CRM in America. And I bet you half of the leads in that CRM are fake
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and, and they, they got there from the salespeople. Yeah. You know, because they got to meet their quotas, they got to make sure they make X number of calls. They got to do that. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's you know, it's always been a, a game. You know, to it be, it's become CRM was supposed to be something that was supposed to be helpful, but then it became more of an administrative nightmare for the sales guys. Yeah. They hate, them, and I hated them too. You know, you got to have you got to have X amount of calls. You got to do this. You got to have notes. You got to you spend seventy percent of your time on admin, and, and what salespeople love doing is speaking to leads.
2: Mm-hmm
1: so i you know for for both uh, for both those reasons i've been very passionate about it and enabling them to do just that Mm -hmm. and remove the busy work and um but more importantly fundamentally the the, the problem we solved and the problem we're still solving today is that uh there's a it's an attention span economy or whatever the expression is so Guess no one has attention. The salespeople have no attention span, and neither do their clients. So as I tell people, I say, "Look, man, if skywriting, you know, worked, I would be doing skywriting, you know, because." But the reason this works, and I kind of deconstruct because it was an experiment. Now I wasn't like I'm a genius and I think I knew this would work. I didn't. Yeah. And, it, and, I, and I so I've spent time just wondering why does this work so well, and um, and the speed being you know the number one driver of conversion, and it works because there was something visceral, uh, visceral about a phone call. And so first thing, job one is get the attention of the salesperson because like, Hey man, you got a CRM and a lead pops up on the on on screen, you know, and then now you have to respond to it. Um, or you get a text message, Hey, you got a lead or you get an email. You got a lead. Guess what? You, there's no real sense of urgency about that. And the salespeople sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Right. And, um, and so what, what this, what I found is, which is crazy is that when you call a salesperson, they can't resist answering that phone, it's mm. just like, ugh, they love it. It's like, if you were to send a, uh, a direct mail piece to someone, just an envelope and you had 10 envelopes on, and then one box, you know, on the desk, here's your mails. And, 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 and <laughs> then open first, man, you know, it's just, right. Right? we're just human. So we're gonna always answer the phone first over anything else, and so that number one, that's the secret I think, because you get the salesperson's attention first, because you got to get them to act. Number two, make it super easy. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to think. They don't have to know anything. It's just like, hey, you have a new lead. Here's their name, Charlie Parker. They're interested in, you know, you know, uh, life insurance, whatever it is. Press two to call them now. Press two. Hey, Charlie, uh, I see you're interested in life insurance. What's going on? But, you know, off and running. And now they're doing what they love to do. Talk to prospects. Cool.
2: That's so, up.
1: yeah. And again, there's more to it, but that, you know, because, because we know that now the attention of the second attention, of course, is the consumer, their attention is super short too, because they're, they're human too, just like the sales reps. So capturing, you know, while within under a minute, it's kind of, the, I use that as the kind of the magic, you know, the golden window, magic window, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. And, and, and maybe it's 40 seconds, maybe it's a minute. I don't know what it is, but it's faster the better. So yeah. what we know that when they're filling out a form, they hit submit and literally 30 or 40 seconds goes by and their phone rings. And it's like the business they did just inquired about, they are blown away by that.
2: Right, right, right.
1: In 10 years, we were having this conversation
0: you looking for. Because they're, they're, me, as somebody that inquires, I'm getting the attention that I expected, right? Because it was so fast. You know, I don't think they, did
1: ex- they do expect it, frankly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I really, I don't think they expect it. I think maybe somewhere in their mind, they think they should get it, but they don't expect it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they get it, they're actually surprised. Yeah. And they're, and, but more than surprised, they are delighted. So wait a minute! Whoa! Wait a minute! All you had to do is call someone, and now you have a delighted prospect. You went from suspicious and and you know uh, not trustworthy, you know, cautious prospect to delighted. Right. And now when you you know people buy on emotion, justified with reason, right? So emotionally, you have got them like warm clay in your hands. And it's yours to lose, okay, unless you're a bozo, I mean, you should, and you have a terrible product, I mean, yeah, uh, you're not gonna, you shouldn't get the business. But assuming, you know, you're a good listener, you you know, you're concerned about, you know, satisfying their requirements, and their needs, and helping them, and you're providing with the information they need to make a logical, rational, you know, decision that is favorable, and all that sort of good stuff, and you're authentic, and and everything else, all the things that good salespeople need to be, then, you know, you should get the business, and you have a good product. at a reasonable price. So uh, this is this is blew my mind. You know that, that that out of the millions, we've been doing this almost ten years. Ten years in January, right? Mm-hmm. So out of the millions of calls we've made, you know, uh, to salespeople one that they've made to their clients, not one person has complained that it was too fast. Yeah, <laughs> they awesome. all are like, "This blow, you're you're amazing." And I'm like, I can't believe this. It's like that people think this is amazing. You know, yeah. I think like you, I expect it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, are you kidding? This, is, this should be the standard. And right. someday it will be, you know. And, so, um, and anyway, but now I'm just, I'm just satisfying the need as it exists. Mm-hmm. And I thought, honestly, 10 years ago when I, I kind of panicked because I was, I was already three. I really started it 13 years ago. So I was like three years into it. And I'm kind of panicked because I'm thinking, man, somebody with money is going to come in here and just crush me. You know, because this is such a great idea. It works so well. And so I immediately went into panic mode and I found the smartest guy I knew from San Francisco that, you know, was our CTO at BuzzHeads. And I asked him to come in and do an analysis of every voice product on the market. Twilio was a brand new company then. They were a startup that year. Uh, you know, and I was reading all the Gartner stuff and there was this and there was that, you know. And he, you know, recommended staying away from Twilio because they were a startup, too risky. And, um, they're still around. I don't think they've made you know, or they're making a profit, but <laughs> <That would laughs> but uh, they're still around and, and, and doing a lot of cool stuff. But um, anyway, I I then built this on an agile platform to be world class, and and we have been continuing to develop over the last ten years, and now we're like almost fifteen hundred features deep into this thing. Right. And those features are mainly features that enable us to conform and adapt to the pre-existing Uh, environment, technology environment or process or operational environment, whatever it happens to be of all the businesses that we deal with. So that's kind of the history. And and that's kind of a a bit about what, you know, has driven me and the company, you know, uh, forward.
0: Uh That's awesome. That's great. Now to talk a little bit more about the actual growth of the company, right? About 13 years in, uh, three years, you got kind of scared about, you know, somebody bigger with more money coming in and kind of taking over. Um, what was the the kind of thing that both set you apart? And also what were the marketing strategies that were implemented in order to actually see that growth?
1: Well, um, you know, honestly, we really haven't had a lot of growth. Um, I mean, the growth we I think we should have should have had by now. But um, for two reasons, I think again, I have to sit back and go, Hmm. What happened? You know, <laughs> evaluate. Well, you know. So that's it's interesting. I've I've had a lot of spent a lot of time wondering. Uh, but the um. Okay. So first thing, we were doing really well. I mean, and it was just me and my, uh, you know, kind of a someone I hired to be an assistant. And she kind of took care of the billing. It was a real small company. Just mm-hmm. two of us. And then I think we hired, you know, I think a couple of salespeople and, you know, like that, so we were very small and I was like, I really want to grow this. And I was just maybe a couple of years in or, you know, like just, just, yeah, before, before we announced it was speak to leads. Yeah. I was a couple of years, two or three years in. And, um, so I ended up the guys that I used to work with, in fact, the guy that fired me, cause I was the, I was the first hire and I was the first guy to get fired at the venture capital, but, you know, back to company startup because I was the highest paid guy and, and they always fired the highest paid guy first. Right. So this, the guy that fired me actually, you know, who was the president, he called me and said, man, I hear that you're doing some cool. So I want to check it out. So all these guys kind of jumped in and said Hey, I got it. You know, we'll have this guy do this, this guy. Do this. Cause I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. So I want to surround myself with super smart people and I, cause I want to do the right thing, grow this. Right. This is a really cool, you know, idea and it, and it, and it really helps people. And uh, makes a big difference in their business, and and that and to me, you know, I don't like selling, you know, convincing. I like more, like, just providing people something useful, you know, oh. and, and, and it that has a lot of value, and that you determine that it has value. I don't tell you it does. You, you know, you you learn on your own and you buy into the value. That's how I like to do it. The old old school selling, which I used to do, cold calls, selling yellow pages. You know, if people know what those are. Uh, so I know what sales is, but I I prefer, uh, letting people buy based on, you know, the information they have at hand that makes sense to them. So anyway, I I I brought in these guys and then they put in a little bit of money and, and then I basically took the money they put in, used it to pay them in salary plus equity, you know, a convert, it was a convertible loan and then, you know, options basically. And uh, honestly, um, nothing happened. I mean the tech, the tech guy who was who was it was a tech guy kind of a marketing guy and operations guy, the operations guy man he was super nice super smart he started like Apple in Japan you know back in the day I mean this yeah. guy knew his stuff right I mean he opened up that market for you know Asia for for Apple back then, whenever that was, and um and he, he knew and I, it's like but come on that's ridiculous I don't need a guy with that kind of sophisticated. <laughs> knowledge for a little star. it's kind of like overbuying, you know at the stage we were at loved the guy he had beautiful penmanship and all that but man, anyway then um uh that's the guy who was supposed to be the biz dev guy who was gonna make it rain no no he he, he wasn't i, I did it didn't make it did, didn't happen so I, I I was disappointed, to say the least. I'm like, oh, now I've got all this debt now that I didn't have. I was just super profitable before, and, and now I got this, and this didn't happen, and it really dragged. It was like throwing up like a an anchor, you know, out while your while your boat is trying to go into the you know catch some wind, and it was tough. So I, I don't think that helped, and I because I was always saying we've got to spend more on market, we've got to spend more on market, you know. And I was always getting pushed back because I didn't have it, the
0: ultimate decision. And that was, I mean, as a marketer, you knew that that was, you know, important to grow a business. You've been yeah. doing it for so long. Yeah. If, the, if, if, if there's no marketing going around, there's no advertising, no anything. Nothing. Obscure because, because you know what, and this
1: is still true today, which is this, very, I mean, we're not even talking, you know, crossing the chasm. We're talking about, we haven't even got to the chasm. <laughs> The early, early adopters—I mean, the earlier than early—I mean, they're getting there before it's open. Adopters, right. those are the people that we basically attract. Mm-hmm. I mean, because who's looking for lead response management tools? Because no one even knows what that is or right. the, what the concept is. No one's searching. If you go and look on across anywhere, no, there, no one's searching for this, you know. And so they don't know the technology or the solution exists, so they don't notice it. I, like, and I think about it. I go. What About the guy that invented the CRM, you know, okay, he was the first and you know, customer relationship management uh box or whatever it was. Who was searching for that? I mean, I mean he must have gone through the same struggle, <laughs> you know. So things evolved over time, it's only been 10 13 years, um, you know, so uh, it's still early, maybe in the, in the scheme of things. For me, it's been like a million years because if I remember. I'm bored with today I'm excited about tomorrow and so for me to be this persistent and and, right. and stick to it like this mm-hmm. first time in my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: now the only thing is keeping me in this is that it works and I'm still excited every day when I and, and I hear from clients about their stories and how incredible this you know is for them and that's what keeps me completely fired up you know if sure. I didn't have if, if, if not for that I would I'd be uh-huh. bored out of
0: my mind right right so what are like how many current clients do you have right now using speak to leads? And the other question is, you know, how big are they essentially? Like like what kind of maturity does a company have to be in to realize that that's an issue with their lead management?
1: Honestly, every, we have clients that have, man, like 10 leads a month, Mm -hmm. but those leads are worth, you know, 40, 50 grand to them to if they close, right? So they're very, I mean, they're precious. So they don't want to miss any opportunity. They want to optimize every chance. So a few of those. I mean, then we have clients that are 100 leads a month, 200 leads a month, that kind of thing. I think 300 is kind of like when you when you really got to get serious. I mean, I think people tend to get, you know, we seem to attract, uh, because people find us organically. We just started doing marketing like a month and a half, two months ago. Uh-huh. Right? I'll let you know. We'll talk again down the road. I'll let you know how it's going. But, um, uh, th- what we seem to attract vis-a-vis Google is people that are, you know, probably doing, you know, 10 to 20 leads a day kind of thing. And they're a small team, you know, three to five people. And, and, um, but then again, we also attract very large clients. Right. Uh, we attract clients that do, you know, you know, four or 5,000 leads a month. Um, we had, I was actually invited to do a pitch to a, a a retail chain with 3,500 stores. And wow, I don't know, I can't even remember the number, but it was, it was huge, like 80,000 leads a month or something like that across all their stores. And which is, so, so we have some very large clients to answer your question, how many, and they range from, you know, like I say, like the, 100 lead a month guys up to the probably 10,000 lead a month guys, mm-hmm. and um, and we probably have maybe a hundred clients. Uh, and some of those are direct, and some are through reseller, resellers, you know. Um, and we're also international, so we have some international clients, um, and that's growing. And in fact, we're talking to a, one of the largest companies in the world right now, um that is going to go across 13 countries they are doing a pilot in Serbia of all places. And then if it works, they'll be across 13 countries.
2: Interesting. And,
1: um, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be here. And that's there, they're like 40,000 leads a month if it, if it gets fully baked. Um, so there, and there I say, there are opportunities with these with large retailers or companies that, there's and, and we just, we haven't been, you know, um, this will make the competition. You know, feel good, but we really haven't done an adequate job of selling or marketing the company, mm-hmm. and we've really to my fault. Being an entrepreneur, that you know, your strength is your weakness. You know, of course, and um, one of the things that I'm really good at is coming up with product ideas. So I tend yeah. to spend a lot of time doing that. <laughs> I've yeah. got so many ideas right now in the in the mm-hmm. pipeline. Wow, I mean, cool stuff, right? I can't yeah. wait to do. Um, and what drives, I think the differentiator from what we do and anybody else says, oh, I can do that. Or let me just, you know, get a Twilio account and I'll start, you know, three lines of code is honestly, we come at this. I'm, my background is all sales and marketing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my whole life. And, um, and so that what drives every decision we make is, will this improve sales? Will this increase sales, you know, for our clients? And will it? Will it, it? For whatever reason, there's a lot of reasons why. Maybe it makes them more productive. Maybe it, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so um, the reporting, you know, for example, you know, one of the biggest market opportunities there is is for agencies like yours. I mean, I don't know. You you probably do some lead gen, right? Totally. Yeah. For your client, okay. Now, do you know what your clients are doing with those leads no. that they get? <laughs>
0: right. them and leads. you're just
1: going, how is it going? Right. And they're like ah clients are like it's amazing other clients are like ah not that well and you're like that's weird why is this guy doing so well and this guy's not you know it's probably because of how they're managing
0: totally it, it usually comes down to whatever they're doing with those leads so like you're like if you have a client and you're sending them 300 leads a month but they're doing a poor job at actually doing anything with them the one that's doing 10 leads a month and it's actually managing those properly and contacting them whenever they need to be contacted and so on. And they're going to be doing much better. So 100%. yeah,
1: it's like back in the, in the, in the school business, uh, one of the things that it was always true, you could take two schools, like, you know, like sister schools, one was in, you know, one, one city, one was, or one part of town, one was in the other one had double the leads. The other one did the guy, the school with the, the least amount of leads always had a higher convergence right? Because they, they were more important to them, right? They worked them more. All right. But anyway, so um, the, uh, well, I can't remember what my point was before. Sorry. Um, what were we talking about? I can't remember. The leads. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your, your business. So here's the thing. What I, Another thing I discovered along the way was, holy cow, we have all this data now. We know what people are doing with the leads right and so um if 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 you're using our application for your clients you could look in real time uh whether or not the salesperson answered the call accepted the call from from speak to leads number one because that's job one right answer the call uh during business hours and number two making the call by pressing in our case two, because it's speak to leads uh to call the lead Mm -hmm. and then Okay, that's, those are the first two important things because nothing happens unless you do that. And then third, what is the connection rate on the first attempt? Is it 50%, 40 whatever? And then, then we have optimum re- attempts, reattempts, okay, based on, you know, uh, studies of millions of leads to determine, you know, what results in the highest connection and conversion. So 20 minutes later, we call back. So did they answer that? So what you're looking at now is you're like saying, well, here's all the leads you got from me, the unique leads I sent you and here's the effort you made you you only answered 50% of your calls
2: uh-huh
1: i mean so guess what you got 50% of the value of the service you're providing
2: mm-hmm. right
1: you could have doubled their business if they had if they had optimized the effort they should make oh. to uh you know follow up on those leads and 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 that's i that visibility's never been available to anyone ever mm-hmm. and to me that's amazing you know, to have that visibility and to be – and sometimes it's not about, well, for lack of attitude or effort. It's 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 about resources. Yeah. Okay, so you guess what you learned here? You've got a resource versus opportunity, you know, situation, and you've now got to weigh out that. And so is it worth expanding your resources? It looks like it would be. You can extrapolate what would happen is if you did call these leads because you know, based on the number of leads you speak to, what your conversion is, what your closing rate is. So just to extrapolate that against the leads you don't speak to, boom, there's your number. Now you can go out and decide, you know, with, with all the logic and, 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 and data you need to expand your resources. I, well, this is crazy stuff, you know, that's never been available. And that's what speak to leads. What makes it exciting is it, it uncovers so many layers, you know, of the onion, you know, <laughs> in addition to be a
0: cool tool. Yeah. If you could do, if you could have speak to leads, you know, if you could have one thing for it right now, what would that be? Like, if if you could just go out and choose one thing to have for Speak to Leads, what would that be?
1: Uh just uh, a thousand customers. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, that's all we need. We just need uh, we need the world to know. You know, this exists that that it's available, and that you know they should try it.
0: You know, mm-hmm. that's what. Um, I- that's one of the things that I've noticed too is with SaaS companies are right, advertising for them for, for obviously some time now. Uh, a lot of the times is they have this really cool product and it's, and a lot of the times we work with more, you know, like cutting edge companies. So they have an mm-hmm. innovative product, but the, the issue is that their audience doesn't necessarily know what it is that they provide because they don't know that right. they have that issue rate, which is it, it's kind of what it sounds like in this case, right? Like a lot of people don't think about, you know, lead, uh, lead, uh, what, what did you call it earlier? Response, response, response and Stuff like that, like response management, exactly. So if you don't think about that, then like it's kind of like, you know, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. So if you're stuck there. That's right. You know, and a lot of the times it's it's part of education and that's what we do as far as marketing goes for our clients, right? Like a lot of times it's actually educating masses or it's really, you know, the right audience on what that problem is to then right. have people actually understand, okay, like I clearly have this issue. and this specific product can actually help me fix that.
1: Yeah. 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 No, it, 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 like I said, to do it all over again, marketing would be primary, the primary point, Mm -hmm. you know, everything would be have a marketing go through a marketing lens because success of the company, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of brilliant products out there that are just collecting dust because Mm -hmm. they just, somebody couldn't figure out how to market them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and this is one of those products that didn't catch fire virally or something. You know? I mean, supposedly that happens. I mean, it, it, wow, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. man, you know, it's, it's a. It, we live in an era. Because again, I've been through so many eras. All right, I mean, I've been. But I was pre-tech. Okay, I was pre-internet. I was pre-computer. I was pre-everything. Okay, mm-hmm. so I've I've seen it, like from from the. From a dinosaur's perspective, okay, right, right. <laughs> and, and I've seen it evolve. And where we are now in that evolution is we're in a place that it's so affordable and easy to start a company and to start some in, to something with technology-based, right. And to leverage technology and to you know and code and and, and, and now we've got you know access to, to to labor, cheap labor all over the world. Mm-hmm. So you can go to and get people that are really smart to help you write your code and, you know, for totally. very little money. So so the, the cost of starting up is so small. So now you've got so many products out there and, and, and it must be blinding It's to, to the buyer, right. you know, to figure out, you know, wow, whoa, what do I need? And whoa, so much coming at me every day. Right. And, and so, so I think that must be part of it too. There's so much noise and just, you know, I guess. And so people only you know, they, they buy or they do, you know, like, for example, I mean, I was, I remember I was at a horse race in Del Mar, which is just up the street in San Diego. And I was talking to some guy, you know, as, you know, as I was there with some media people and he, they introduced me to some guy, he's a water delivery company in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Whoa, you mean that if we got a, a, cause they sell business to business, water delivery to businesses, right? And these contracts, they're big contracts. So uh, you mean if somebody inquired on our website about water delivery for their business, I could send the call to the guy in the truck that handles that neighborhood, and he could stop by in two minutes. He could call the guy and say, I'm right I'm right here. I've seen him in a few minutes. I'm like, yep. And he's like, whoa. And, of course, he jumped in and did it, and that's what he's doing today. How yeah. cool is that? That's awesome. Is, I mean, is he getting the business? Absolutely. People yeah. love that. It just makes sales so much fun when you have when you combine it with delighting the customer. You combine a product with delight, and you own it.
0: You know? Totally, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're getting close mm-hmm. to the time here, so I'll just ask a couple more questions. Uh, sure. What is you know? There's there's so many big, huge, very successful companies, right? What are the ones that you kind of look up to and say, you know, like I, I, like I want to do something like to the size that this company's doing it?
1: You know, I mean for me, uh, size only matters to a point, right. Uh, which is to say that, you know, enough that, okay, I can, you know, let's be realistic that I could ec- exit at some point and, um, or have enough of a team that I, I would, I, I don't have to work as hard, you know, and, and, and be comfortable and be able to provide for my family. Right. Right. Uh, through retirement and be able to retire. At some point, that's really, you know, uh, a life eventually ends, right? <laughs> so that's so I would say how many. And, but my my site is set on a thousand customers, you know, because we're doing our average revenue per customer is about eight hundred dollars a month, and okay. um, our retention, you know, our, our churn rate is like zero zero point three percent per year, wow. or three, you know, so it's really almost zero. It's actually negative churn when you consider expansion revenue, right? That's to good. use Nathan, you know. Uh, terms right, uh-huh. so um, yeah, it, it, and and so we're in a position to do very very well, and 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 um and so now we are starting really a formal marketing program, you know, through you know all the channels that one would assume we were using, uh-huh. and um and we're we will be growing, and and then we will also you know do we'll do direct sales, and you know account based selling and things like that because there's so many companies that need our help out there. Mm-hmm. And they don't know about us, and so on. We'll 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 help them discover us, and you that's know awesome. and that's okay. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, I mean, I think the the revenue right now, our revenue is just, you know, we're we're, you know, kind of. I think this year we'll probably be around seven hundred, seven seven hundred thousand, seven fifty. You know, right. not much. Okay, because you know what, we're about there. You know, um, we've been there for a long, long time. Kind of um, time you know, but but month. I should, to be fair we had other services that we've now realigned. So now it's everything like 90% of our revenue is strictly this product. Right. Awesome. And so, um, it's shifted. The revenue has shifted. So it has grown. There has been growth, but it just doesn't look like it, you know, from a distance. Um, um, but so I'd say that would be, you know, a thousand customers would would be beautiful. Uh, but I I like the number. So that's, that's what we're going for, you know, over the next, I think we can do it in three years.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, what is your favorite book?
1: Gee, man. Um, gosh. They're, they're, i say the, the the book, there's so many books that have had a, obviously an influence. I've been reading like a madman, you know, since I was in high school, uh, you know, like books about business and, you know, Think and Grow Rich, uh, you know, but it was one of the first books I read when I was like 12, you
2: know. Was, yeah. <laughs> was,
1: I've always been an entrepreneur, right? Uh Anyway, uh, but I think you know persuasion. You know, like uh, oh, that's so good. It's that, yeah. That that yeah. What's the guy's name? Cellini or whatever. Robert.
0: I'm actually reading it
1: right now. It's because again, it's it's practical. It's like not theory. It's what works, right? I love that stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. So that's one I think comes to mind. It's very pragmatic, and and but there are there's so many good books. I mean, it's hard to choose, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know. And now I'm reading just uh, like a Harvard education, um, a library that's put together th- that basically gives you a Harvard education, but it, it's it, it, by reading uh, e- um, abstracts or, or excerpts from, from a- about 200 books over one year. If you read 15 minutes a day in one year, you have a Harvard education.
0: Nice. That's super
2: cool. Yeah,
1: something like that. Sounds good. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Sammy, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, LinkedIn um, and just Sammy James and speak to leads You find me, you know, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, there you go. There you go. Awesome.
0: And last question. Do you have any questions for me?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, are you, by doing this podcast, which is a lot of work and a lot of time uh, to do, not to do, then you have to, edit. You have to, I mean, my God, right. man. I know how much work there is. So to do this podcast and you know, oof, oof, it's almost a full-time job, you know? Um, yeah. So I, is it working for you? I mean, to, to introduce yourself to a, a new audience, is it helping you expand your um, exposure and, and, and introducing you to more clients and giving you more opportunities as a result? And how, how long have you been doing it?
0: Uh, I think I'm actually coming up on the one year. Uh, this should be episode fifty-seven, so not like n- you know, no crazy number of episodes per week or anything like that. Uh, recently, actually, I just started doing an episode about a day, uh, so that like I have enough to go back. You know, like if if I stopped right now, I'd, I'd have enough to go back up until yeah. like December eleventh or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. But overall, it's it's definitely worked. Um. You know, definitely gives you exposure. It puts you in front of people that have, again, like people with big influence, right? So they share it and et cetera. So that's almost, a, it has an exponential effect uh, when it comes to actually getting in front of people, which is great. Uh, and overall, it's really, you know, it, it, it's almost like a hobby because you enjoy doing it and sure. you learn a ton yeah. of things from your people. So that's- No, I, mean, it,
1: I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I just, it is a huge commitment
0: though. So. Yeah, definitely. It definitely yeah. is.
1: But I, yeah, I, I admire what you're doing and I think it's smart. So, uh, yeah. and, and it, you're right. I mean, you know, being able to listen to other people, cause I've, I've listened to some of your, your shows and, and, um, you learn a lot, you know, yeah. by other people's perspective and their oh. experience. Yeah? yeah. Which is great because as an entrepreneur, you know, you t- it is a fairly isolated existence, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're not living in San Francisco, because when I lived in San Francisco, man, I walk out the door, I met another entrepreneur okay right. it, 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 it's like being in a convention all the time yeah but you know in san diego not so much you have to work at it
0: yeah phoenix too and frankly,
1: people don't really care that much in san diego they're like whatever life's you know there's other things in life you know
0: there's the beach
1: <laughs> yeah exactly there's surfing so what what are you getting excited about you know <laughs> yeah.
0: that's awesome well sammy thank you so much for being on here today it was really a pleasure having you and uh, for anyone who's watching, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can listen to the podcast on pretty much any uh, streaming platform, right? Uh, I was going to say Facebook, Instagram, but Spotify, iTunes, uh, whatever it may be that you're listening on, it's probably there. So check it out. And uh, again, thank you so much, Sammy, and we'll speak yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Okay. Talk soon.